show the, the first slide, um, and I want to show you guys something today. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys know who who he is. This guy on the left here. Oh, it's not on. Yeah, Kanye, right? Uh, you know, he's a you know songwriter, you know, artist, producer, rapper. You know, uh, yeah, he's the, I think the designer as well. So it's pretty well known. And uh, yeah, so I think a lot of you guys might know about him. You know, his wife Kim Kardashian, right? Uh, and I saw this article I think last week or, or not not more than two weeks ago. And it said that uh, he, he recently became a Christian. You know, that he's found a faith in, in Jesus. And when I first saw this article, uh, I wasn't sure if it was like satirical. Because uh, like, there's like the onion, right? And there's like the Babylon Bee, you know, these like satirical articles that, and that pokes kind of fun at something. And it's not, it's not true. Or I thought it was clickbait as well, because you get a lot of those articles out there these days. That's why, like, you know, Facebook, they're trying to, like, crack down on those, like, those uh, fake news, right? Um, and as I began to do some research, I realized, hold up, like, I think, I think there's something here. Like, it might be true. And apparently, Kanye, he had a, a turnaround, and he even said that he'll stop producing secular music, and he's only going to produce gospel music from now on. Um, and he's been holding, hosting these like these uh, invite-only church services, and I actually like watched one of those videos. It's pretty interesting. Like it's kind of like uh, it's like very yeah, like you know black gospel type feel. It's very very well done musically, and you know um, like just like a lot of people singing. There's like probably like you know famous people there as well, and, and all that. And I was like, well, like let, let, let me let me read more about this. This is this is pretty interesting to me. Because um, I, I like hip-hop and, and I like music stuff. So apparently um, there's a pastor who preaches at those, at those Sunday services, and uh, his name is Adam Tyson. And he says that West's newfound faith is real. I'm just going to read some of the article it says. It says that Tyson said he is living and walking with God, um, noting that he's seen noticeable changes in the rapper's life. He's in the Bible. He's in prayer. And uh, Tyson recalled a conversation he had with West about how he found Jesus. And he's kind of paraphrasing what Kanye said, but he's, Kanye he said something like this. I was under the weight of my sin, and I was being convicted that I was running from God, and I knew I needed to make things right, so I came to Christ. I, I came out of darkness and came into the light. And this, is, this is how he, he remembers um, Kanye sharing. And then the pastor, he went on to share the gospel with West, and, re, and who replied, uh, I told you I've been radically saved. I believe the message... And I want to get that message out to the world. So I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to do that through his music uh, going forward. So I hear something like this, and I'm like, okay, like, there's going to be people that think different. So I did some more research. And apparently there's also people that believe that Kanye, he's just, um, basically he's just using religion uh, to boost his sales. Right? He's using religion and Christianity to, to gain some influence and popularity, right? Because if he could maybe uh, kind of uh, get a foothold into, like, you know, uh, you know, the, like the Christian like groups, you know, then he could you know get more get more people, right? Get, uh, and um, I was I was like looking at some of his songs, and you know, actually from long way back he started to like use the word God in his music. He, he would name drop God. Um, he might even talk about some things in the Bible. He might talk about. He might reference some verses. Um, and. But just because you talk about God in your, in your song, just because you talk about God or use his name, 
in, in your music, it doesn't mean that you're a true disciple of Jesus. Right? It doesn't mean that you're safe. Because anyone, anyone can do that, right? So, like, when I think about this, I think about the implications. Like, should we, should we listen to his songs now? Like, after he's, he's claimed to have this turnaround. Should we listen to his songs? Should we go to his concerts? Right? Should we buy his merchandise? Um, you know, should we, should we, like, buy Yeezys now and, and stuff? Like, should, should we, like, support that? Like, it was pretty interesting because in his 2013 um, album, it's called um, Yeezus, right? Yeezus, it's kind of like Yeezy and Jesus combined. Yeezus. And, like, you know, he, he talk, kind of talks about some things there that seems like, okay, that might be okay. But at the same time, people think, well, he might be delusional. Like, maybe he thinks that he's, he's Jesus or something. So, like, there's that going on. And um, there's, there's a guy called Shia Lin. He's another rapper. He's a Christian as well. And um, I really love his album. Uh, well, where's my clicker? Oh. I can't remember where I put my clicker. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. So, uh, we just help me go to the next slide. Just like with the arrow. Just hit the arrow. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is Shylin, and he made a tweet. Uh, I'll just read it to you because it's kind of hard to see. Uh, he made a tweet, and he said this. Um, that, uh, yeah, praying, so this is on September 15th of this year. So he says, praying that what may be going on with Kanye is real, and that he'll take the time to sit and learn Christ rather than be thrust into leadership. Because Kanye has a lot of influence, right? People see, oh, he's a Christian. They might just believe everything that he says, right, and follow his actions. So, the thorny ground of deceitfulness of riches can make it harder for those with worldly status. But the Lord knows those who are His. So, is Kanye a disciple of Jesus or not? Right. How about, how about Justin Bieber? Can you guys go back? One more slide, sorry. How about Justin Bieber, right? Because this, this dude, he, uh, he came out of nowhere, right? Like, we wouldn't really know about him. And he was really young at the time. And people found his talent... And suddenly, like, I was watching his interview, he said that suddenly, um, he didn't have much, I think he was raised by a single mom, and he, he gained fame so fast, and he gained popularity, power, success, and he had, like, so much money that he didn't really know what to do with it. You know, he, like, he, he just kind of, like, just, like, exploded, basically. And he's saying how, like, he, did, he made a lot of wrong decisions, started hanging out with the wrong crowd, right? And he kind of, uh, kind of dropped off the map for a while. And then, boom, like, later on he shows up. Like, and I'm, like, reading about this. I'm like, oh, he's in New York, and he's, like, going to Hillsong Church now. And apparently, like, his life's been changed as well. So I'm like, okay, that, that, that's interesting. Um, that, that's really interesting. So for us, like, we need to know. We need to know, like, what does it mean to be, like, a true disciple? Because there are these people, like, famous people now, they're, like, claiming, you know, they're, they're followers of Jesus. And my concern is that, that there are people in this world, and people that we know, maybe even ourselves, who claim, that, who claim to be Christian but actually aren't. They actually aren't. And I think this is really important to know, because for yourself, because this is a matter of life and death. Right? This is a matter of life and death here. At the same time, if you're going to be obeying God and fulfilling the great commandment of making disciples that you want to know, you know, what that looks like, right? Because you're going to want to know, you know, when someone says something, you want to know, okay, like, are, are, is that, are, are they doing something, you know, are they, are they a Christian? Are they a Christian? And today in Paul's passage, he's going to be kind of looking at that, because we're going to read about a group of people 
who are disciples, but they haven't had the full picture yet. So let's read in chapter 19. Go to chapter 19. So yeah, as you go into chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, uh, this guy, his name is Chance the Rapper. Right, Chance the Rapper. He, uh, he, got, he got really famous. Like, he, was, like, he was like an independent artist. I think two years ago, maybe, he like, won an award for like, like best upcoming artist or something like that. And since then, he's really like, like blown up. Um, Chance the Rapper. So he, he also name drops God a lot. Like, he even said when he got his award, he was like, glory to God. And he was like, ah, you know, as he's performing and stuff. So like, okay, you know. But... You know, he also drops a lot of like profanities and stuff during his song. So it's like, huh, like, you know, something, something interesting. But yeah, okay, I'm going to read from chapter 19, verse 1. So while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Uh, there he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? At John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And there were about twelve men in all. And Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persu- uh, persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. Right, so Paul left them. He took disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of uh, Tyrannus. And they, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So here we see that Paul, he's on the move again. He's left Corinth. He was there for a year and a half, remember that. And he was teaching the word of God. Now he's in Ephesus. And there he met some disciples, 12 disciples. In the past chapters, when we hear the word disciple, we usually immediately think, oh, okay, no, Jesus followers, disciples. But remember, disciples also has a more general term, where at that time, disciples could mean any learner. You could be a disciple of, a, you know, like a stonemason or, or like a, a baker or something like that. You could be a disciple of anyone. It just means learner. So these are some disciples. And Apollos, remember, he was also a learner. Apollos was this guy who was, you know, well-versed, but he also lacked some knowledge about God, which Ananias and Sapphira, sorry, not Ananias, um, Priscilla and Aquila also helped him to know more about God. So learning is in our DNA, and, and Paul, he noticed that something was off about these disciples. Something was off. For me, whenever I hear someone say, um, I was born a Christian, like, there's kind of like a siren, like, internally for me. I'm like, oh, okay, something, something's, something's a little off. When someone says, oh, I'm a Christian because my parents are a Christian, you know, the same thing. Like, something, something's a little off. They might call themselves disciples, but something's a little off there. <laughs> I think that's maybe what's going on here, is that as Paul, he encountered these so-called disciples, he realized that, that something wasn't quite right. For they answered that they have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. They don't have it, and they haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, when they were baptized, they were baptized by John. 
So, okay, these are disciples of John. That's what we heard. That's what, that's what we learned about. So, uh, John, he was an interesting guy. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was uh, Jesus' cousin. He's older than Jesus by a little bit. Um, I think, like, maybe by a, a year or so or a little less. And John, he was this guy whose whole life was meant to prepare the way for Jesus. Or John was this guy who, you know, lived in the wilderness, um, kind of strange. He ate locusts and wild, wild honey. Um, and, he, and he would be there and he would be preaching like that, that you need to repent of your sin. You need to turn away from your sin. And, and you guys need to look forward to the person that's going to come after me. The person that's going to come after me. And that person was Jesus. But somehow, these disciples, they apparently, they didn't get the memo. They didn't actually find out about Jesus. Because Jesus came about 60 years earlier, and he lived about 30 years, right? So, basically, after Jesus' death, it's been about 30 years. And these disciples, they're still waiting. They're still waiting. They didn't know that Jesus came and he was the Messiah, I mean, maybe they heard about Jesus, but they didn't know he was the Messiah, at least. So these dudes have been waiting and waiting. So I want you guys to know is that Christianity without Jesus is not Christianity anymore. Right? It's, maybe it's just, a, it's just another club, just another gathering of people who spend time with one another. With, with another. If you don't have Jesus, then you're still dead in your sins, still dead in your transgressions. And you're still apart from God. So as we continue to be learners, um, we're going to kind of ta- talk about something interesting today, the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, so uh, with the person next to you, um, just say one thing that, that you know about the Holy Spirit, or, or that you think you might know about the Holy Spirit. Just, just, just say it to the person next to you. Just like, yeah, just, just, I just want to hear what you, what you guys come up with. So, so yeah, one thing about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so who, who is the Holy Spirit? That's, that's the first question that we're going to kind of go into today. Who is the Holy Spirit? So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The, Trinity, the word Trinity is actually not used in the Bible. Okay? It, it's, I think it came through the, the Catholics. But uh, we do see that in the Bible that there are three persons, though, described. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and the, and, and the Holy Spirit came after Jesus left. Jesus said that he would have to go in order for the Helper to come. And in some translations use the word advocate. And the Holy Spirit was going to be able to do more for the believers than Jesus could. Jesus was the God-man, but he, he gave up certain abilities and he took on certain challenges when he came down to earth for us, to save us. Right? He, he was a man, just like, just like us. Uh, he was a human being. He, he got tired. He had to eat. He got hungry. You know, he felt emotion. Right? He, but he was a man, so he couldn't be everywhere at once. 
Uh, there are some restrictions, but the Spirit didn't have this type of restriction. Right? The Spirit dwells in each believer. Right? The Spirit dwells in each believer. And the Spirit transforms us, transforms our character, helps us to become more like Jesus. Right? It transforms and changes our desires. Right? It gives us the ability to follow Jesus and, and His teachings. So when does the Spirit dwell in a believer? That's what we're going to be looking at more today. And so let's look at the first encounter, though, in the New Testament. You guys remember where that is? The first encounter uh, when you know, the Spirit comes and dwells in a believer in the New Testament. You guys know where that is? What was that in English? Okay, yeah, yeah, great. That's right. Pentecost. So, right, this is in Acts 2, verse 1. So Jesus went up to heaven, and he's like, stay in Jerusalem, guys. Stay in Jerusalem, because, you know, sending the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, I'm just going to read it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there was, came from heaven a sound like the mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. And 120 of Jesus' disciples are gathered there, waiting for this Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, it was powerful. It could be seen, right? Tongues of fire. It could be felt, right? There's rushing wind. And you could even hear it. You could feel it. You could see it. And it was powerful. And it worked miracles. People began to speak, right? In tongues, which means in another language. And people around them were able to, to hear that and were like, oh, okay, like, that's my mother tongue. Like, I can understand that. So some groups, they believe that this experience is a sign or proof for being a Christian. Meaning, if you're a Christian, you need to, like, you need to have done that, or you need to, to do something like that. Um, and, and some would argue that Acts 19, in today's passage, it proves that. Because here we get another case where once they receive the Spirit, they begin to speak in tongues and they begin to prophesy, Right? But however, I believe that when we read and understand the context of these miracles, we should rather understand that that's not the case. The Holy Spirit worked miracles in the lives of people as a sign, yes, but it was to undeniably prove that the Holy Spirit had come. That there was something different. Usually when there are miracles, it follows the gospel. Right? It's, it's used as a platform to share the gospel that, that there's some power here. There's something amazing here. So let's hear this message. Or someone also believes that and argue that the Holy Spirit comes after conversion. Which would mean that there might be a period of time where we're, where we're without that advocate, without the helper, without the Spirit of God that helps us to, to follow. It could be one day, it could be a year, it could be ten years. Like who knows, Right? According, according to that view. And also we see here that Paul, he places hands on them in verse chapter 6. So in some, in some denominations, uh, people, they would lay their hands on a, a new believer and then ask the Holy Spirit would come. Right? We don't do that here as well. Why? Because let's, let's, let's look at, at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. It says this, 
Paul's writing to the Ephesian church, so Ephesus, right? This is where he is right now, Ephesus. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the, the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So the word of truth is this gospel, the good news of your salvation being saved. And believed in him. So not only did you hear the word of truth, but you also believed in, in it, and which is actually him, right? Believed in him, Jesus. And when that happened, at the moment that happened, we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, right? And this promised Holy Spirit is, is who? This Holy Spirit guarantees our inheritance until we acquire possession of it uh, to the praise of His glory. So this Holy Spirit is a seal. Some, 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 yeah, it's a seal. It's a promise. It's, it shows that, that you have been redeemed, that you are a child of God. And this happens at the moment you're, you're converted. It doesn't happen like 10 years later. It doesn't happen a year later. It does, you don't necessarily need someone to lay hands on you. But what you need to do is that you need to have heard the truth, the gospel, and believed in Jesus. And that happens. So let's talk about then what the Spirit does for believers now. In John 14, 20, verse 23 to 27, it says this. And Jesus is speaking. Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And he will come to me and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Are these words I have spoken to you while I am still with you? But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of all the things that I have said to you. A peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives uh, do I, uh, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So the Holy Spirit is this helper sent from the Father that is supposed to teach us all things, to help us to remember the teachings of Jesus. And it brings peace. In Galatians 5, 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, right, patience, kindness, goodness, right, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So these are, are characteristics of a Christian. So when you become a Christian, these fruit are yours. This, this fruit is yours. It's, it's alive. That's why it's described as a fruit. It's growing. Right? It's being nurtured. And contrast that with the verses before that, in verse 19 to 21, it says this. Now the works of the flesh, right, in contrast, in comparison to the spirit, the works of the flesh are what? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you have the Spirit, it's going to show. Right? It's true that people who are not believers, that they can show through the Spirit. Right, that, that's true. Like you, you've probably met really nice people, like really, really great people who are not Christians. But with the Holy Spirit, it's really a whole new level. It's a whole new level, 
It's going to change your life. But not overnight. But when we look back over the years, we can see that we've changed. Slowly by slowly. And oftentimes, other people who are around us and have been with us will be able to confirm that. They might say, oh, you know, I remember you when, like, you know, three, year, three years ago when I first met you or something, like, you were, you were like this. And, and, but now, man, like, I, I really see that, that you've, you've changed. Like, you know, I, I really, like, can see God's work in your life. Oftentimes, we're going to need that. So for Kanye and Bieber, bio, they're going, you know, they're going to have to show fruit. Right? If, if the Spirit of God is truly in them, then we're going to see some drastic changes. We're going to see some changes, at least. Right? And apparently, you know, Kanye, the pastor that's there, he's been able to say, yeah, I've seen some changes. And that, I think that's good. But over time, we're going to tell, right? That's what Shailen's talking about, is that, you know, he, I'm hoping that this is real. I'm hoping that this man really is, you know, changed, and he's received the gospel, and he's a follower of Jesus. I really hope so, but, you know, we're going to have to see, right? Let's hope for that. So the Spirit, when it comes to your life, it's, it's going to change your life, not just for one season, but for your entire life. We're not saying that there won't be ups and downs, because we're in a fallen world, but... Right? If we have the Spirit, we're overall, we're going to be continuing to follow Jesus. So the Spirit is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift from God. But what is the condition for receiving the Spirit? What is the condition that Paul lays out here? He says that Paul's like, okay, you guys are disciples of John the Baptist. You guys know about repentance. You guys have been baptized. But something's still a little off, Right? So what is, the, what is the condition? Repentance and belief. And that's what's shown here. Repentance and belief. So they repented of their sins and they believed in Jesus. Repenting means to turn away. And here it means to, it means to turn away from your sin. And belief is to place your trust in something. And here, what we're talking about is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Because these people haven't heard about Jesus. Jesus left 30 years ago, right? So they, they don't know about this. So, there's, so Paul's saying, if you believe in this, if you believe in who Jesus is, what he's done, then you have the Spirit. You have the Spirit. So for two years, Paul, he takes these 12 men under his wing and he begins to teach them. He begins to teach them more fully the ways of God. And God did some amazing things through these people here. It says that, uh, right, this went on for two years. They were uh, having discussions daily in the lecture hall um, when he was there. And so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So when you have, when you're a Christian and you have the Spirit of God residing inside of you, making you more like Jesus, that's going to impact the people around you. It's going to have to do that. that that's what happens when, when God enters. Like when, you know, if Kanye and Bieber, if they really are, you know, the Spirit of God's in them, they're going to be making an impact in this world for, for Jesus. Because, and and that, that, that's just a matter of fact. When, when God is in your life, you're going, to, you're, you're going to be rubbing off on other people. When people are around you, they're going to see something different. So I want to ask you guys is, is, that, is that in your life, 
like, how do you see God challenging you? How do you see God challenging you? How do you see God growing you? Think about the fruit of the Spirit. Where do you feel like you're lacking? And where do you feel like uh, you're struggling? Is, is it, is it, is it uh, uh, you know, self-control? Right? Is it just going after whatever you want when you know it's not right? What, is it loving someone else even, even when they've wronged you? Right? Remember I showed the video last week about uh, the, the, the killing, right? I'll show you guys that video. Uh, Brant, John, his brother got killed, right? And their whole family's in pain. I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what it, what it feels like to lose an you know, immediate family member. But like, when, I saw, when I see things like this, I'm like, wow, it's, it's so painful. It's, it, it hurts. But he was willing to forgive the, the, the woman. And he even said, like, I, I wish the best for you. I wish you don't go to jail. I, 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 you know, I wish that you, know, you could have a, 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 like, your life could change and you could give your life to Christ. And I wish like, to- the total best for you. I don't hate you. I don't, I'm not going to say, you know, I hope you, you rot in, in, in jail. He didn't say that. I think that when really Christ comes into your life, things like, like that's going to change you. It's going to change you. It's going to show you that, man, I've been forgiven, so I can forgive other people. I've been loved. I can love other people. God's been patient with me. Uh, you know, l- help me to be patient, God, uh, with other people around me. So in your life, what sins comes up for you again and again? What are those constant sins that you struggle with? Where is it hard for you to obey God? So I want, I want to give you guys some time uh, just, to, just to pray, just, just to think, just sit in silence or something like that. And just, just talk to God. Think about, you know, this past week. What, what happened? Maybe it was like so busy. Like it was just a blur, right? But I'm sure some stuff also went down. So I want you guys to just, to just have, a, have a time just to repent before the Lord. And be like, God, you know, man, something happened and like... I. I just reacted this way, I, I, I believe this lie, or I, I just blew up or something, or I, I, I sinned in, in various areas. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. Confess your sins. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. And the Lord says that, that He will forgive us. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, right? and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is the God that we have, the God that where we don't need to come uh, before Him because we're perfect, Right? We don't come before Him because we're, uh, we're righteous without Him, but it's because of God that we are righteous, that we have confidence to come to God. And we can be like, God, I really screwed up, but you still love me. I know that you still love me. And I know that, that you are smiling at me right now. Um, but God, just let me tell you some things on my heart. And I just really need your forgiveness. So let's just spend some time to talk with God. Father, 
Lord, we come before you. We know that you are a just God, right? You, 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 you want what is right. You want to do what is right. Or you want to punish sin. But we also know that you're a loving God where you provided a way out for us. That through your son, Jesus Christ, the good news, the, the gospel of salvation, that, that when we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, or that we can come to, to be redeemed people, we can come to be saved, that all of our sins can be washed away, that we can be white as snow, that we don't have to, be, to feel guilt anymore, that we don't have to be ashamed because we know that, that Jesus is, is covering all of that. That when you see us, you see good. Lord, with your spirit, with the, with the power of your spirit that helps us to be witnesses, that transforms us, Lord, well, would you continue to, to use the spirit to change our lives, to live for you, right? Moment by moment, Lord, uh, however long it takes, or would the fruits of the spirit increase in our lives, that we would be, that we would be able to, to really uh, rejoice in the goodness that you're producing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this promise, the promise of your Holy Spirit that's in each one of us. We know that we are not alone, nor you are with us. Lord, empower us to, to be witnesses for you in our communities, in our homes, in our, in our, our businesses, or in our schools, wherever we go, or that we'll bring Christ into those places. Lord, we pray all this in the name of Jesus.